All right. Well, here we are back again, Rachel. Back again. <laughs> we're back Can you for you, baby, it? right? We're back for you. <laughs> um, I, we're back for season two, a little bit earlier than we thought. I was listening back to the last episode and we said like maybe March and <laughs> nope, here we are. End of January. We're back. And we're doing the thing, I guess, again. Mm -hmm. So we're back for season two, another 12 episodes. Um, we have uh, a few guests lined up. Our first one tonight, our friend Taylor. Hey, Taylor, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> hello, hello. Yes, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, first things first, why don't you introduce yourself to the podcast family? Um, I guess uh, my name is Taylor. I went on a couple dates with Tanya, I guess, to introduce myself in that respect, yeah, uh, maybe, that's I, maybe, I I've, maybe I've maybe I've ended up on this podcast <laughs> in an amorphous way before. Uh, I I don't know. Um, you have yeah. you have indeed. <laughs> hopefully in good lights, um, but if, if it's in bad ways, hopefully it's you know it's like a constructive sort of thing. So. <laughs> constructive bad. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess introductions uh, as yes. the way as it is with this podcast here yeah she's what's hogwarts what is your hogwarts house oh wait i think i know go ahead uh, i did take the pottermore quiz and i also stand by it believe that's true is hufflepuff because that's i nice. would i would think of myself as just kind of a goofball who's trying to make some people smile over the course of the day and if that's what i can do then hey go for it Yes, I remember hearing that and thinking, yeah, we'd have a lot of fun in the Hufflepuff common room together. That's very true. For sure. <laughs> we'd sneak out to get snacks all the time in the kitchens, for sure. Yeah. There would be like a large Gryffindor plot point happening, and then we'd just be like in the background getting snacks. Yep. I think about those other kids all the time. Like, what were they, what were they up to? How do you go to, I don't know, how do you go to Hogwarts when Gryffindor's up to their, up to their own, own stuff all the time? How yes. does anything get done? It doesn't. Mm -mm. It doesn't. <laughs> Especially it during doesn't. the Harry Potter years. It just doesn't. Okay. We also, I think, you know, would like to know your astrological sign, which I know you care so much about. Yeah, it is something that I care so much about. Uh, I'm a Sagittarius. You are. And then you are also, because we know this, because I made you do your birth chart, you're a Pisces rising and a Virgo moon. Which is what Rachel is as yes, well. Just like me. I rely <laughs> on that Virgo moon for so much. I also, yeah, I, I like having the Virgo moon. I feel like it's a real stabilizer. Rachel. Very, very fitting. Wonderful. So. Awesome. What else, what, how else would you like to introduce yourself? Is there anything else, any other identities that are important to you? Not really. No. Nothing okay. else that's uh, coming to mind. Okay. So as the podcast knows, we also love to ask our guests two very important questions before we dive into the topic for the night. Our first one is, who was your sexual awakening? This is something that like when you sent me the the list of questions, I, I kind of yeah. paused at because trying to think of like who or what or when I was kind of amorphous. I think the best memory that I could pinpoint was um, it was like an X-Men, not necessarily a comic book, but it was like a just a regular book with you know pictures and all that. And there was one superhero who in fitting thing had very tight fitting clothing and was just being like arms and legs out like it's casting a spell on the bad guy i think uh-huh and i was just looking at that as a, as a kid just going i don't know what about it is 
but I like this. <laughs> I can't pin down why, and I can't pin down what it is. That is essentially like what this. a sexual that yeah. you're describing a sexual awakening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I mm-hmm. I don't know the comic book. I don't know the superhero. I don't know anything. I just know that thing. I was just being like something about this. I enjoy. <clears throat> well, do you remember if it was like? If I even listed off some X-Men, would you remember? Like Storm or Rogue or anybody? At best, maybe Rogue, but I still don't think so, because I don't think she has telepathic powers. So. No, yeah, it's like the whole touch thing. Hmm. Yeah, I I couldn't call it Or Jean Grey? I mean, Jean Grey does have telepathic powers. It might might be. It very well might be. That's the best guess that I've got. Okay, I love it. So then our second question is, who are your top five celebrity crushes? Yeah, another one that it did take me a little bit to. I'm, I cannot wait to know this. I'm fascinated, yes. and also in no particular order, let, especially let because I hate to. Okay, pause quick. You are the first man that we've had on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm very. I'm just very curious about everything. But mm-hmm. yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think the first the first pick might be a little bit biased because I was thinking superheroes prior to that for the sexual awakening. So Scarlett Johansson. The next one's I'm rolling kind of my com- eyes. I can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes. But yes, the, fine. <laughs> the next one's a kind of a combo pick of, of a power couple, is the best we have, of Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. The second time we've had them on here. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Love it. The, the next one's... Um, I, I was starting to draw a blank because I'm really not like much of a celebrity sort of person. Mm-hmm. I don't follow too many of them. Um, so I was also thinking about what I enjoy is just I find comedy really good. And mm-hmm. I would go with Liza Schlesinger and Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of Taylor's stuff. Taylor, yeah, uh, Taylor. I'm. Yeah, I get her clips a lot. She's very funny. Yeah. Yep. But Liza sounds familiar. I need to look her up. She's she, like the really tall, skinny blonde. Uh, she, I don't think she's terribly tall, but I think just based on like she's wearing heels and, and like her Netflix specials are typically like um, rompers. Not, maybe not rompers. Maybe that's the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. I know who, yeah, yep. I think I know and then, who. I th- and then a side note uh, I wrote also off of that is Taylor Tomlinson. I swipe right on the dating apps for other Taylors like 95% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just because like having two Taylors dating, I think is hilarious as well. <laughs> and We'll so do you know about Taylor Lautner, the actor Taylor Lautner? <laughs> I'm going to bring this up. I, I, may, I, may, I may have heard of him. You know, he was, <laughs> Maybe he was Shark Team Boy. Jacob. Maybe. <laughs> Shark <laughs> Boy. <laughs> that's, that's how you know Taylor. Yes. yes. Taylor, <laughs> he is married to a woman named Taylor, and she took his last name. They are the Taylor's Lautner. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's really incredible. It's really incredible. Kudos to them. Mazel yeah. tov. Like, Taylor, yeah. could you seriously, like, if you really did date a woman named Taylor, would you want her to take, wouldn't that be weird? Like, you I You could just... take her last name. I, you could I, hyphenate your name. <laughs> I don't think that I would take her name, but I also wouldn't care if she's like, I'm just going to keep my name. Like, that's fine. I mean, my you're last not, name no, is spelled wrong. <laughs> wouldn't it be weird to have the same exact name as your partner it would be weird but it'd also be hilarious it would be very hilarious if you get a jury summons who goes <clears throat> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you become the same person do you uh, do, does one person go the first day and the next day the next person <laughs> goes and you like show an ids and it's still the same person <laughs> 
it ugh, it really kills me. I feel like they are not the there. I would love to know the stats on that. How many people in America have the same name as their spouse? Like Taylor's Lautner are not the first duo to do this. I would think like more more people are doing this. Yes, I must. Yeah, it is true. I like I can't even. I don't. I don't even know if I could date somebody named Tony. Yeah, I think I yeah. And like maybe we talked about, like why we can't I, date Tony and Tony. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Like maybe that's why I never actually match with other tailors. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> yeah. like, no. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. not. I also like can't date guys named Seth or Tom, like which sucks because yeah. like there is not a lot of guys named Seth or Tom our age, but it's still like I've come across some like hot Seths and I'm like I just I I wish I I really wish I could, I just can't do it. <laughs> but I cannot. Sadly, I cannot. No. Gotcha. Narrows down the pool a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for sharing those. Really appreciate it. I always just love hearing, yeah, celebrity crushes first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we always typically in the past for season one, like to obviously talk about some just pop culture or like what's going on in the news. And Rachel, I know you were talking before we started, like you wanted to bring up something that was in the news recently and kind of talk about it with Taylor a little bit. Yeah, I am fascinated by this Andrew Tate situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't think of a better way for it to have all played out. So Andrew Tate terrible terrible human maybe like top five terrible people alive presently um and he's been hiding out in Romania I think Mm -hmm. question mark yes and so he tweets at Greta Thunberg a 15 year old a 16 year old maybe at most a teenager we'll say (laughs) by every age that I say I feel like she's actually a little bit older anyways a child um about the global warming stuff and in their back and forth, he outs himself as being in Romania and then is promptly arrested. I just can't, I just can't fathom the way it's all played out. I get like, I couldn't, I really could not have written it better, written a better resolution to this. Hopefully he's held, held accountable, but it just makes me, I just, I thought like how timely for our first male guest on the podcast. <laughs> and again, like it was never my intention to make you uh, take, be accountable for Andrew Tate, but I'm just, I, I don't, he, his style of, of living, of being in public is so insane to me. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know that I have like a specific question. Just would love your thoughts. Um. Yeah, actually uh, I, how many couple months ago I think it was Tanya that I had texted you and said essentially just like hey if you're ever on a date with a guy or somebody has that on their dating profile anything about this person um run for the hills immediately and at the time Tanya didn't know who I was talking about that day I imagine did like a google search or two and learned you know the openly terrible things that he's done and just one of those like how is this guy still around well I feel like Much that like- day too something came out about him or maybe a Instagram maybe it was Jamila Jam- somebody posted about him on Instagram that day and was like this guy's fucked up and I was like Taylor thank god you told me beforehand because now I'm really paying attention to this <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I've got my pulse, uh, my finger on the pulse of all that. But, uh, but no, terrible it's, men. It's, yeah, it's just one of those like, it's it was thrown into my like sphere of things on Instagram, and 
as, as much as I was looking at like the algorithm going, this is what you think I might be <laughs> like attached to, but like I'm, it's, it's almost like a curiosity of seeing what's going on with that mm-hmm. generation. Um, especially because a lot of his audience are just younger kids, yeah. teenagers, young yeah. men, um, that latch on to something, whether they you know were deprived in one way or another, um, uh, they find something in what he's apparently offering and it's just not good. I mean, that's not anything controversial to say, but it's just, <laughs> it's just the way if, if you see that and you think this is how to live a life or this is what, how you should do it, then um, things are deeply wrong mm-hmm. prior to that. I don't know the fix other than just sitting young guys down and being like, Hey, don't yeah go do this like just just don't do you, do you feel think- like it showed oh. up oh well i'm no, asking Rachel. the same same question but do you i so i feel like i heard about andrew tate on twitter but it definitely was in a like i wasn't getting hit any of his messages like suggested to me it was people being like look at this ass hat do you feel like when it showed up for you was it people quoting him or was it like actual him like espousing his messaging so from what I've gathered from it, it it was his words through other accounts because the ring that he was running was essentially like you buy into his like thing of I'll teach you how to be yeah. you know, an alpha male or whatever. For have like $5,000 for like crazy money that yeah, I, like, I, who, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. You can go, you can continue good, explaining. Um, so but it was essentially that and then part of that was taking his things and reposting them onto accounts to get the word out that's kind of how it spread so quickly in that and uh no so it was him directly it wasn't just people clowning on him or saying look at this look at this ass hat it was like you know this is how you need to live your life look at what i have look at what i've done that's what was from my perspective seen and it was just me being a well you know adjusted adult going this is Mm -hmm. this is dumb but i can definitely see how others would could see that and go this is this is this is how it is this is what i Mm -hmm. should do this is how i get be successful and it's just not yeah well that's what my question was is i have my thoughts about why andrew tate is so popular with like younger boys younger men our generation as well but like what why do you think like what what is he speaking to in boys and men that is making him so popular what do you like do you have any thoughts about that again i have my own thoughts but the, be- the best guess that i have is a very isolated group of guys and boys who don't feel fulfilled in one way or another feel like if they act this way they will get the the big fast cars the you know the adoration from women the money that is if they act this way that it will result in this lifestyle and yeah. they they feel like that's what they need to do because they're not fulfilled in some other aspect of their life I, mm-hmm. it could be any number of them yeah I, I agree with you except the part about like it's a small group of guys because clearly he wouldn't be as popular if it was just a small subset of men true so like my like kind of going off of that is that with the rise of feminist feminism and the constant talking about 
patriarchy and feminism and the the shift in culture, you could say, we still live in a patriarchal culture, but for some men, I think that they see the shift and they are obviously digging their heels in and are afraid of what's happening, right? It's much like what is happening with white people, a lot of white people in the racism and the the anger and the violence that is occurring from white people to people of color and communities of color and just overall, I mean, what we're seeing in the house right now with trying to vote into this, vote the speaker in, like all of these things, like when people are seeing their culture and their world shifting and changing, they're lashing out at the people that they, they are blaming, they think are to blame. And so I think Andrew Tate is speaking to men and boys who maybe at first don't want to admit that they, I, I don't want to say that they all hate women, but they don't want to admit that they are blaming women for their problems, but they, they're hearing him and then eventually get to that point where they're like, yeah, like it's actually all, it, all of my problems are because women have all these rights and have, um, are not like speaking to me the way that I feel like I need to be spoken to, or like are not treating me with the respect that I demand because I'm a man. They're just women. Like there's this weird, I say weird, but like very violent misogyny that's at play here that a lot of times, even men who, again, wouldn't say that they hate women are still kind of grappling with because of the way that patriarchy shows up in men and the way that it shows up in masculinity by making any sense. Yeah, I, I think it's like, it, it's a lot of, you know, people who, to, to my point of like, they, they feel like they aren't fulfilled in one way or the other. They feel like they're yeah. they're not fulfilled that way because of a reason. So I think that that possibly could be from the rise of feminism, women doing what they want to do and having autonomy and whatnot. And then it's like, I'm not where I believe I should be. And the reason I'm not is because of X, Y, or Z. And then this is the, the solution. Yeah. Perhaps. And that X, Y, and Z is women. Yeah. Like <laughs> actually, actually it's X, X chromosomes. <laughs> yeah, stop. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, I would say it's similar to the, again, like the, the rise of white supremacist groups, like they're mm -hmm. very much in co like in sync to me mm -hmm. is that white men, especially are having a really difficult time <laughs> right now, right? I say that very jokingly, but they think that they're having a very difficult time right now. And so they're lash they're clinging on to this idea of what it means to be an alpha male when it at the end of the day only harms them too. So clearly, right? <laughs> yeah, this is how history has been, you know, throughout the course of the civil rights movement and you know attacking right. and all that. So you know, it's yeah. it's the same thing happening yet again in a different, you know costume with new wallpaper pretty much yeah it'll be interesting to see how the whole andrew tate thing like plays out i guess you know what i think yeah. it would be the best way they can play out is just he gets sentenced and he goes away yeah <laughs> here's open yeah <laughs> so kind of going along that talking about like like male relationships male authority figures just the way that masculinity shows up in our world so our overall topic tonight that we wanted to talk about with Taylor is just like friendship. I, mean, I imagine like a big old rainbow with that friendship. Being yes. friends. And the Care Bears are all around. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But like talking about, I don't know, lately I've just had a lot of conversations, I feel like with a, a, mostly my girlfriends about 
about male friendships and like how how men don't I don't I am convinced that men don't know how to be friends to each other really <laughs> truly honestly good friends with each other for various reasons and Taylor you're here to you are here to convince me otherwise or to make me even more confident in my opinions I don't know we'll see no pressure no pressure <laughs> yeah, on you Taylor yeah, let, me, let me let me help but you. then um, yeah you have to speak for all men right okay yeah, Hashtag, course, yes all men. Mm -hmm. yes um but then also talking about like like Taylor established him and I did date for a while and figured things out and that we were just all better off as friends and went on a bumpy road to figure out that what that meant right yeah. but are here now and like talking about can men and women be friends and this is also coming from like again kind of a gender binary standpoint and on some level even a heterosexual like men and women on on some level so I do want to like caveat that before we dive into the conversation we'll do our best to try to be not so gender binary but it is going to be kind of more of a gender binary episode I, I feel so mm -hmm. so going along with that Taylor I guess do you feel like you have strong male friendships like do you really feel like you have men that you can return to and rely on through the good times and the bad times that you can show up and be somebody like be your vulnerable self I'm just throwing that out there because I can say for myself as a woman yes but do you feel like that as a man now a 30 year old white man living in the midwest yes absolutely and I will stand by that I have uh okay. easily multiple people in different states because we've all you know moved out from where we are I know multiple people if I said hey you know friend I'm on some hard times I need a couch to stay on I'll, I'll be here for a month possibly like no questions asked we're good to go we've got uh -huh. that even for a friend of mine um we even joke with him and his wife that uh their their guest bedroom is my bedroom still because if i'm ever in the area i just could walk in like know the code to the door walk in just go throw my backpack onto my bed <laughs> and have that and also um going with like male friendships having that for me um what something that stuck out recently is like professionally i was going through like a difficult batch i was you know doubting myself whether i belonged mm -hmm. here whether i can do the job and unprompted just randomly like a day or two later one of my friends just messaged me on facebook and said like hey man how you doing and i feel like maybe that's not the norm it may or may not be i can't speak on it but for at least the group that i have it happens once in a while and it was just something so wonderful to have like we even just had like a very casual like we didn't didn't go into specifics of why or it was just like you know doubt myself don't know if i could do it and you know and uh but but it's still just my buddy was just like you've got this you're one of the smartest guys i know mm -hmm. take your time you've got it and it's just it was helpful to have that i know i've got that support group around me and, yeah um you know we don't talk all the time but when we do you know i know that i can change the conversation from whatever bullshit jokes we're making and say like dude i'm not doing well and i know that like they will be there for me so i i know i've got a good group around me it's it's very nice to to know that i've got yeah yeah i guess that's just in my experience like talking to other men or like hearing from girlfriends of like their their male partners and such of like just worrying about their male partners and their friendships like 
-hmm. thinking like they never talk to their friends like they rarely ever hang out with their other guy friends like I like what is this like we me and my girlfriends hang out all the time we talk all the time like so in art like there is a difference I know between like male friendships and female friendships right and again I'm sorry for the gender binary language but like so that's what I think that's where I struggle is that it looks so different on the surface that like is it is it the same is it not the same do are you guys really forming meaningful deep relationships like I don't want to be like mean about it but I just also do think that it seems so shallow that I I just worry that you guys that so many men in our in our generation are not forming meaningful relationships with other men and I know how vitally important my female friendships are in my life and I know Mm -hmm. that men are experiencing like huge levels of loneliness and all kinds of stuff in our society right now and part of me is like is that because they don't have male friends like deep meaningful male friendships that in the modern day it very well could be um you know from my experience though like you're saying like you hang out all the time you talk a lot for me um since i've moved around so much just because of work over the past few years mm-hmm. i've always had just that same group from my hometowns they're in different spheres but i can still just go online we play video games together you know that, i know that's mm-hmm. a bigger a big thing you know it's like oh the guy you know he's playing video games with his friends and that's how we keep in touch is just i know i can drop into a discord server i can say hello to my friends for you know, once every week or so, or even you know more than that. Mm-hmm. And we may not always say exactly, you know, and give an update of what life's like, how you know relationships are, but knowing that they're there, knowing that it's we can reach out in that way, for me is is always nice. Um, I can definitely see how currently in the modern scape things have changed because those relationships that I have now were started and developed by you know riding bikes down to their house and spending mm-hmm. days just my friend my parents would be like what do you do over at you know john's house it's like we sit over there we play video games together and that's it like, i mean you know we sometimes go over to the mire and get some candy or what have you but yeah like, <laughs> they were still like you, you guys aren't getting into anything nefarious i'm like no no we're just being a bunch of nerds it's okay like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine everything's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, okay. And, uh, I was actually thinking. I, I do have a note about uh, mm-hmm. male intimacy and like friendships and all that. I did actually have a recent um, like interaction with a buddy who was back home for the holidays and was going through some rough stuff with a you know significant other and and whatnot. I don't want to get in too much into that. And yeah. I saw that I saw him posting on in, Instagram stories of just like he's like, oh, I'm gonna re you know refocus myself and try this again. And I, I kind of cursory knew what was going on with him. I just kind of reached out and was like, hey man, like you're not doing well. Like, you know, give me a call or something like that. And ten minutes later he gave me a call. So I, I wanted to let them know um that. But also part of my knee-jerk reaction was just when I saw that was like oh you know look at him he's posting about his feelings and it's like no no that's the wrong way to do it we can't do that (laughs) but I can definitely see how other people would have that knee-jerk reaction of being like oh Mm -hmm. look at you with your feelings that you're posting online you're (laughs) supposed to keep them into yourself and you're supposed to Mm -hmm. die sad (laughs) all of your emotions dig it to the grave yes (laughs) so trying to change that trying to reach out more keep that conversation going it's interesting as I as I've been listening to you and thinking like about the men in my life my one of my brothers is really close to the group to the guys that he went to college with and they have 
maybe one of the most active group chats I think I've ever heard of. And I'm wondering, but I don't know how much it's not, it's certainly not surface level because they are all uh, sort of emotional sorts. So like, I know that they're getting into some stuff in there, but I wonder, I wonder how I'm curious about, I like this question we've been asking, like deep and meaningful friendship, like how you quantify that. And I wonder, I don't know if I were to hear more about about that squad and, and their group chat, if it would feel superficial and just like goofing off in the, in the group chat or if they are really like present for each other through through some stuff. Yeah, just musing. It's not really mm-hmm. a question, but. What's really sparked this, like wanting to talk to you, Taylor, tonight was watching that reel, um, a Trevor Noah reel a couple weeks ago. Um, it was like, because Trevor's gone off the Daily Show now, right? So they're reposting some of his like, more famous or important talks and stuff and I, this one maybe was recent because his afro was pretty good sized um but it was about how yeah it had to have been recently because it was about that study that came out about how men in our 30s or men in their 30s are having less sex than ever accordingly to them whatever and so trevor kind of went on a, a a speech about what does that even mean um <laughs> but also like what why why do we always quantify sex as happening to women like why why is it on women's responsibility for men to be having sex with them? Also, like, is that really what men want? Like, are they claiming that they want sex when really they want intimacy? And so he talked about like how so often for men, the only way that they know how to express feelings and intimacy is through sex. So they they equate sex and intimacy as like that's one and the same thing but intimacy is way more than just sex intimacy is hugging your friends intimacy is having just coffee with a with your friend and like talking like what you said taylor about your shitty ass day and trying to like just vent to that person intimacy is showing up for your friends when you when they need you when you need them like intimacy is so much more than just having sex with someone and actually i uh, shared with one of my other friends my theory on why so many men's love language is physical contact and it's related to that the men think physical contact is the only way they can show love because that's like they because they equate physical contacts with sex yeah. like they there's but at the same time sex is also supposed to be just fun and free willing and you don't have to have sex if you're in, not in love and like all of this stuff too like but they equate physical contact, like that's the only way that it's appropriate for them to show love and affection to their female partner. You can't show physical contact and physical affection to men. Then that becomes a problem, even though that's intimacy. Like, and people yeah. need intimacy. We need, we're human beings. We need intimate contact with each other and not just sex. Yeah, I think what it's currently in my mind about that of that like with women it's physical touch and for like you know granted we're also geographically separated between me and my friends uh, but i'm more comfortable expressing how i feel um if i'm having a bad time or if something's going south with my fr- with my guy friends verbally mm-hmm. and you know, I can open up about that and then if i you know needs it sometimes just need to be a little spoon as a guy and it feels great that exactly. and then, like the physical touch is great there. So it's like a separation between groups and what you're doing for. It's always something that I'm trying to be cognizant of and working towards is being more vocal and expressing my feelings with 
significant others, dating partners, or just like women in general, I'm bad about that. Um, hmm. about just saying like, if I'm having a bad day, if there's somebody that I'm hoping to date or currently, you know, on a couple dates with, I'm not going to say I'm having a bad day and explain why there. But if I, you know, if we just hang out, you know, some hugs there. So just watching, a, you know, a TV series, like that's what I'm seeking for because I do want to be shielded because for whatever reason, I, I, I don't want to expose that, that part of myself and I'm working on, you know, opening that up to, to women. So if I'm hearing you right, you actually feel more comfortable on some level being emotionally vulnerable with your guy friends than women that you were possibly dating. Like for you, yes. it's easier to be like physically vulnerable than yes. emotionally vulnerable. Yes. And I, th I think that that may be biased just by I've known these people, these guys for decades. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, we know you're not speaking for all men. But I just. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that's partially why, like if I had a, a life partner that I've been with for 20 years and I've known right. you know, since I was 10, like it, you know, that would probably change. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, but I think that's into it. It's interesting because Rachel and I, in the podcast with other friends, we've talked about like the opposite of that, right, Rachel? Like we've talked about mm -hmm. how for women, I feel like it's actually really vulnerable to get physical with a man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I think I feel like it's all, I don't know, like what the end game is. Like if you're casually dating or if you're looking for something similar, then I feel like that changes like what intimacy is. Like if it's, if you're really aiming for something long term. Yeah, I feel like it changed. But yeah, I think I would say for women like to get physically intimate is a maybe that would come after like emotional intimacy. I don't I mean, yeah, like for me, like I have no, again, I know we don't speak for everybody. But for me, I don't really like, there comes a point where I have a hard time opening up and admitting feelings. But for the most part, I love talking about feelings. I think both of you know that about me. <laughs> Here we are in this podcast. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> But to be physically vulnerable with somebody like it, I feel like it's actually harder, especially if I like have feelings for that person. Like there is a level of like, okay, if I'm just going to have sex with this person and like, it's just kind of a one night stand thing, it yeah. is still a little bit nerve wracking, even at 30 years old. But like to like the first time to have sex with somebody that I kind of care about it, I don't like, I still feel like it's a, it's a little vulnerable. It's a little bit of a big deal. Um, and maybe that's still a little bit of the old, like the purity sexist culture of a woman being showing up a little bit in that. But for me, I do think it's a little bit harder to be physically vulnerable with somebody than emotional still. Okay. You know what I think one of the greatest acts of physical intimacy would be is putting on tights in front of another person. <laughs> I cannot, the, like or the true connection space. I would have to feel with someone to put on tights in in their view is like it's unfathomable to me <laughs> is that because I'll the act know. of doing it is like unattractive it's or humiliating <laughs> and unattractive yes gotcha. <laughs> yeah yeah I get that Rachel I get that uh so I think moving on maybe uh just think about time and everything uh let's talk about male female friendships let's get yeah. into <laughs> where maybe it's a little bit trickier. I don't even know. Um, so like, I'm, I'm just going to be upfront, Taylor. Are men really just attracted to their female friends? Like the old adage of 
guys just want like even if they just want to be fr your friend they still want to sleep with you um i've seen this in many different forms uh of like we can name a few cheap movies that we've all seen that, that have said that <laughs> yeah essentially that and what, what was it, the uh, ashton kutcher and also like Three months later, there's a Justin Timberlake movie. There was no oh, strings yeah. attached, yeah, and there's yeah, friends yeah. with yeah, benefits, friends, yeah. but, mm -hmm. but like the same year. Um, I'd say in my experience, not all of them, no, but plenty <laughs> of them, yes. <laughs> hey, hey, truth. Here's the truth, guys. Truth coming from you, from one man, <laughs> that most men I, just want to sleep with their female friends. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, I think I think the way that was distilled. Uh, best was there was a guy at a college campus who was going to a bunch of women and asking them about like their like male friends mm -hmm. and essentially just being like you know have you slept together no if given the option do you think they would they said yes <laughs> and essentially that carried over exactly the other way for the guys of being like you know do you like are you actively seeking to sleep with this woman no if she said do you want to would you and they said like basically yeah and then it ended with can you actually be friends yeah. And I think that the answer is yes, as long as there are firm boundaries for that. Hmm, Taylor, firm boundaries. I feel like, <laughs> didn't we just maybe have a conversation about that this weekend? No, no. <laughs> I'm not trying to segue into anything. <laughs> okay, so speaking of firm boundaries, I do think we need to talk about that. Because, again, Taylor and I have had to kind of figure out some boundaries around our friendship because there was some romantic stuff that happened at the very beginning, like how we first met, right? Yes. So, like... Rachel, I think you've been really curious about one thing in particular <laughs> from Taylor, <laughs> but I can at least ask this first question and then maybe yeah. the second question, you'll it'll come to you. I'll, I'll remember what I'm curious <laughs> about. Let's go. Yes, I think you will. Okay, so Taylor, not I, mean, I won't air your own dirty laundry and you can feel free to air mine if you feel like I am, but you texted me this weekend to ask about a situation you found yourself in, right? Yes. And what did I tell you that you, that men and women, if they are just friends, should not be doing? Uh, sending scandalous uh, messages between one another. Yes. I'm so Taylor, <laughs> if men and women are supposed to, if they're just friends, they will not sext each other. And I want to understand, and I didn't, I, I was saving this for this because I knew we were talking about like, what? And that this is coming from no judgment either, but what makes you think that men and women who are just friends can sext? Or is it you don't actually think that? I'm just, walk me through that a little bit. No, well, that one's just kind of an, a whole awkward situation because... You don't have to go into the whole situation. I'm just yeah. It, it's been like I'll be the I'll be sitting around and it'll be late and then I'll get a message and I'll open it up and then just like oh this is. A, a little bit spicy and i'll just kind of like entertain that almost and then i'm being like okay yeah no, i enjoy how this conversation is i like the mm -hmm. um the attention seeing you be to be wanted i mm -hmm. think i think totally that's fair. Mm -hmm. a lot of people a lot of people yeah and then it just you know being like well at the end of the day i'm like but no, this this isn't good because is if we continue this you know, I, I do want to just be friends and I should have, for me, shut that down more, you know, at, at the front end. But I did want, I, I liked that wanting to be wanted, you know, mm -hmm. 
that yeah mm-hmm. i mean that... somebody finds you attractive i'm like okay like that's nice i don't want to stop that because i want to continue that good feeling of mm-hmm. right somebody wants so yeah I... okay so it's not that you actually think men and women can sext if they are just friends it's more your own personal like trying to establish some of those better boundaries of and being bad at it <laughs> i think growing learning and growing yes <laughs> currently Absolutely. not so great working on getting mm-hmm. better <laughs> I mean, I, yes. I, it's, it's even hard for me. I mean, like, again, Taylor, you, we had to figure out our own boundaries, right. And kind of stick to them. And like, there's been other friendships that I've had to kind of figure that out with, with other men too. Like, Hey, if we're being just friends, like you, you can't compliment me and expect sexy pics or anything. Like there's other things. So I totally get it. Like it is definitely mm-hmm. feels very nice to feel wanted, especially on some level from somebody that maybe you want to feel wanted from, but yeah. at the same time, like, nope we've established we're just friends mm-hmm. and friends don't send boob pictures to just friends or dick pictures to just friends mm-hmm. it's a bad choice yeah <laughs> it might be awkward but yeah. i do have another situation that we have been very curious about so okay. taylor <laughs> a few months ago on instagram you posted a series of pictures with a yeah. woman yes <laughs> And you, I do not, like, you don't need to say it, give a whole lot of information. Again, I'm not asking you to air your dirty laundry, but you called her your friend. Yeah. But these pictures were basically nude pictures. Yeah. Ish. (laughs) I would just like to understand your thought process, because maybe you are even more of an open person than I am of like doing nude nude semi-nude pictures with friends because when i saw that i was like taylor just friends taylor taylor (laughs) taylor that one i don't think that 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 can be applied to more because it's very much in a bubble i was in when those pictures were taken i was in oklahoma city i was only there for three months and i was i was on your, your various dating apps and didn't know anybody and the people that were i was there for work with were very homebodies sort of people and I didn't want to I wanted to get out so I I was very upfront with people on the apps being I'm only here for a couple months I can't do anything I'm not going to start anything Mm -hmm. like you know if you if we want to grab drinks we want to have do anything I'm fine and then on my profile I had one from like a very casual boot like quote-unquote boudoir shoot with a friend of mine and then so the conversation when we were grabbing drinks was like, she's like, oh, I do some modeling as well. I've got a photographer friend that wants to do stuff with black lights and like neon paints and stuff like that. Would you be interested in that? I was like, absolutely. So then we, we went, we did that little photo shoot. You know, it was just, again, just some friends um, in that. And then, you know, we, we got published in a little tiny magazine. It was fine. So like, it was just like, it was just, it wasn't just a friend doing a nude shoot with that. It was just in a bubble of wanting to mm-hmm. experience something of get, getting out of, you know, my uh, typical comfort zone and whatnot. Okay. Totally fair. The, Rachel, um, do you have questions? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, the bubble, the bubble concept makes sense to me. I feel like, and also I think there's so many layers to all of this, right? Like even if you guys had been closer friends, I still feel like in in the right situation, it as an action, like I mean, first of all, I can say it makes sense to me, like it doesn't matter at all if it makes sense to me. <laughs> but I like I think the bubble definitely 
yeah I like it as a thought of like I know that I only have x amount of time in this place like all of this is very end dated why not and like you're a published model I hope it's on your resume <laughs> other skills right modeling. I mean I have a physical copy of the magazine there but it was <laughs> it was just a, a fun thing to do and I, I feel like you know I just wanted to to go and experience but I do wonder, like this kind of goes back to that converse like that point you brought up taylor about asking guys like would you have sex with your friend though like if she was up to like do you feel like men just have shitty boundaries with their female friends a lot of them yes why uh no idea answer answer <laughs> like, for all of them yes uh, we want answers taylor that's why we brought you on this podcast yes. to understand <laughs> But that, that being said, I do have like a, a close group of female friends from college that like we didn't even have to have like, you know, a talk of where we all stood with one another. We were just it just kind of made like that boundary happened. I don't know how or why, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but I, it probably just helped that, you know, every weekend we went out as a co co cohesive group. Right. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There. So I don't know. I have no but, answer. Like, I'm sorry. You like I just I don't it's fascinating to me that you would like say yes like I just have shitty boundaries with female like but you don't you shouldn't have to like you should have strong boundaries with your friends regardless of their gender like I don't like it, I don't know it's just interesting to me yeah like when I say it, like yes they have bad boundaries just like, reaching back to that like there's if they said would you like to yeah yeah, yeah no I, I would but also maybe then after the fact you go damn maybe i sh maybe i shouldn't have maybe i should have enforced that boundary that we currently have more it maybe that's an impulse control thing maybe it's also just me maybe i'm not speaking mm -hmm. for everybody yep <laughs> i think it is all blend blended together the idea that like if you like someone enough to be friends with them and if you're heterosexual and this person that you're friends with is the opposite gender of you like what I think naturally there would be a line there that like, if you like them enough to be friends, like chances are, I don't know, something romantic could develop, but it's not, I don't feel that it's always a given, but I think like the potential is always there. Like if you like them enough in this capacity, what's to say you wouldn't like them in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. Of being like, well, if it works so great, just hanging yeah. out every, you know, so often, why, why don't you just mm -hmm. start a life, buy a house, white picket fence, two kids. Exactly. <laughs> Mm -hmm. why don't you just go all in exactly you really go a little in all in right yeah yep if i if i would also end it on uh on something for me it'd be if you have the feeling of wanting to do some sort of boudoir thing anybody who may be listening guys gals anybody in between or and on any sort of spectrum go and do it it's just just go and do it it's just yeah. fun like you know the, the photographers that I've had, you know, they don't do any sort of like big editing. They don't make you look any sort of like mm -hmm. unnecessary. They're like, if you've got a blemish that's going you know, to heal up in a day or two, like they'll remove that. But just they want to they want to show you that you are beautiful in your own self. Yeah. And go, go, just go do it if you have the opportunity. I've not, I don't know anyone who's had a bad boudoir experience. I feel like everyone I know who's done them has, yeah, really raves about it. Yeah. It's a good tip. I didn't, of all the things I thought we'd end on, that's not where I thought we would end, but I think it's a great message. Indeed it is. 
Love All right. Well, thank you, Taylor, for joining us for our opening of season two. Um, thank you for sharing the male perspective on this podcast that I know was so desperately needed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so desperately needed and also so definitive speaking for all of them. Yes. You're, yeah. You're the for only male that we're going to have on. No, actually, I think we, we do have somebody else lined up for this season. So right on. yeah, but um, appreciate your thoughts. Appreciate your friendship always <laughs> thank you for having me both of, uh, of course and yeah i think we're good to go rachel you have anything else you want to say no i think i'm all set out okay well <laughs> thanks everybody for joining us and stay tuned for 11 more episodes of season two we've got some fun conversations that. planned for y'all so bye friends see you next time bye If you're enjoying Ope I Did It Again, follow us on Instagram at Ope Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Email us. Tell us your stories. You can reach us at OpePodcast22 at gmail.com.